What's up, guys? Scott Zettenberg back here. Marlboro Softball Talk. Uh, a little hiatus. I know, you missed me. And people kept on asking, when's the next episode? When's the next episode? Well, here it is. The next episode is here for you. As we are pretty much halfway through the 2021 season, believe it or not. Uh, most teams have played 10 games. Some have played 11. By the end of this weekend, everyone's going to be halfway through your schedule, which is just amazing. Time is flying by. My guest today is uh, the captain of the team with the best record currently in Marlboro softball, and he is Frank LaRocco. First off, Frank, uh, on behalf of, I'm sure, everybody who participated this past weekend, uh, congratulations. Thanks a lot. What what an event it was at the Hornick Tournament. Uh, I know how difficult it can be to put on events like this, and uh, you and everybody else did a wonderful job of getting everything organized, and I think everyone had a really good time on Saturday. So thank you and congratulations. Uh, listen, it's it's my pleasure, Scott. It's always good to see the guys out there competing, having a good time, and and more importantly, to do it for a good cause. So it's uh, it's well worth it. Yep, and uh, Marlboro One did win the high bracket, so congratulations to uh, the tournament team. Those guys uh, did really well. They beat the cops twice, the Marlboro Cops. Uh, so that was a good performance by them in both of those games. And uh, I believe it was the. Trashinsky Kessler Summer Camp Slammers who won the low bracket. So congratulations to those guys. Again, a fun event uh, there on Saturday. Would you have been upset, by the way, if Marlboro won, lost to the police department in the finals? I I, I would not, to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you something. That police department team, you know, they've been in the tournament. This is the seventh one in eight years. We just skipped last year. They've been in the tournament every year, you know, and the cops, they have their own team in the police league and they're pretty good. You know, they're a pretty good team. They're known to be pretty good. Um, but, you know, when you go up against some of these basically Marlboro softball all-star teams, it really never was that good of a competition for them. They never really did well. They'd win a game here or there. Uh, this team that they put together, um, first of all, their team has gotten a lot better. There's a lot more youth on it. You know, they got Anthony DeMarco on the team now. But they had the Marlboro uh, one team down two to one in the bottom of the seventh in game one of the tournament. And uh, some clutch hits from uh, from Saglietto, Sant- Santa Ramita, and some other guys got those runs in at the bottom of the seventh. But this game was a, was a very good game. Their pitcher, uh, Brandon Tracy, was phenomenal. Uh, it, was a, it was a really good game. So, look, whoever won that tournament in both divisions, you know, it was a long day. I did it tournament style, you know, in, having sponsored that tournament team. I've watched how these guys run tournaments. So I did it like high-low tournament style. So it really runs much more smoothly, gives everybody an opportunity to play. Um, and it, it, it was great. It was a great turnout. And whoever won, uh, you know, I would have been happy. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, I think it was fun watching the uh, Mamone Bykovsky team take on Marlboro one. And that was a close game. Uh, you know, early on, because I think uh, Mamone and them had a six nothing lead early, and then Marlboro yeah. one came back. Uh, and and I joked around. I said, you know, th- those guys used to be the Marlboro tournament team, right. <laughs> and now these right. younger kids are now the Marlboro tournament team. So it was kind of <laughs> like I don't want to say a passing of the torch, but it was kind of like you know the old generation versus the new generation in that matchup. So it was really fun to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the diversity in our league is there's really three generations now. You know, there's like the old, old guys. Yes. You, know, you got Fratkin, old Gluck, you know. Uh, you might even be up in there, Scott, but, you, you know, I don't know, maybe not yet. But then you got the younger guys, you know, who took over, you know, took the baton from the Doc Silverbergs and those guys, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. And now you got these young kids who, you know, they were predominantly baseball players, but they're they're really learning the game of softball, both Marlboro softball, which is a different breed, as well as, you know, this tournament ball. And, and they play with such a passion. They're all good kids. The league's filled with a bunch of good guys. It's really a blessing, to be honest with you. I joke with uh, Anthony Toronto all the time, and he says this, and it's hilarious, and it's true. It's like, uh, we wish we started playing softball when we were in our younger 20s, you know? We were still, we were still morons <laughs> trying to still play baseball. Uh, but it's like, you know... These kids are studs now in this league. Like, I can imagine, like, man, I wish I started playing softball earlier instead of picking yeah. it up in my late 20s, you know? Yeah, you know, men's softball has really grown, though. Like, there really wasn't that big of a market for younger guys playing softball back, at least when I was younger. It was always joining some, you know, ragtag beer league. And it just has grown and grown and grown over the years to, to where we are now. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's been a, a, a difference in the last uh, last 10 years, probably. Yep. All right. Well, let's get back to the uh, Marlboro League. Um, you know, busy weekend, some double headers last weekend. And believe it or not, Frank, we're like halfway through the season. Uh, most teams have played 10 games. Some teams have played 11. But by the end of this weekend, everyone's going to be halfway through their schedule. Is anybody, in your opinion, kind of separating themselves from the pack at this point or is it still too close to even call who's going to be on the top of each division here? You know, when you look at the division matchups, you pay, you, the division means nothing, you know, as you know, it's an overall ranking system, but you play the guys in your division twice. So, you know, you go through the first part of the season, everybody's playing everyone else, the same, you know, six teams are playing each other and, and there's an, a, there's a record established, right? And people make their judgments like, well, this team's good, this team's that, the other team's this. And then they start playing the other divisions. And there's kind of like a, a, like an adjustment. There's like a wake-up call, like, wow, this, you know, we thought this team was going to be better. For example, you know, Lombardi's team, it's a good team. We played them a couple of weeks ago. It's a very good team. You know, what team won't be good with, with the Blackburns on it and, and, and Jim Lombardi pitching? Um, but they were 5-0, and oh, and, and they were, you know, we were – fearful of them and they're a very good team but they've lost a few games you know they've lost a few games outside the division so you know you look at a team and you peg them with elite status and then you realize what everybody knows this is an 18 team draft league and there's a lot of parity and anybody could win on any day and so you know is anyone separating themselves i don't know, you know people's records are separated the rankings will be separated but we've seen the team applebaum with barely 500 records for two years in a row win the championship so it's about getting hot at the right time oh a hundred percent and i don't care what the records are when you get to the playoffs it doesn't matter anybody as you <laughs> mentioned the parity in this league is just ridiculous any team can beat anybody on any given day and when it comes to the playoffs that's what matters like not your record not who's home for game one and game three it's who's hot at the right time and who's going to win those games and i don't care if you're seated the number 18 and you win the play-in game or if you're the one seed and and you go in there knowing that you're playing a bottom team no there is no bottom team i think nope. really in nope. marlboro softball there there isn't you know and and you know the play-in game really helps that to be honest with you because the play-in teams are the four quote-unquote lowest rated teams but the teams that win those play-in games are, are on fire 
you know, they're on a roll. They got something to play about. They for they 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 start believing in something. They essentially want a do or die playoff game, and uh, you know, a number one team going against them, you know, a lot of times has a disadvantage. I mean, I remember when Jacoby's team got to the semifinals. They were a playing team, and they, they don't remind me. They don't remind seed. me. They they they. Yeah, I was the number one seed, and they and they beat me in the first round. So. Don't, uh, don't no, remind I, me. I didn't that. remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Don't remind me. I think we were we were eighteen and four in the regular season, maybe that year, yeah, and yep. <laughs> and lost to Jacoby, who was the playing game winner. So yeah, uh, and they were a good team. Yeah. They were a very they good, were good team. Good they were just injured yep. throughout the year. You know, Mamonius yep. time. They were injured, and 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 you know that's what happens. You also have to look at these teams and and take injury into account. You know, um, right. You know, you know, my team. We lost three games without our shortstop. You know, right. it's it, we're six and four. If Darren K is healthy, it's a different story. You look up and down, guys missing games, and, and how a team performs without number one, number two players. And of course, it's going to happen throughout the season. And it's and and no one's blaming anybody for missing games, but you also have to take that into consideration. And that's why I think yep. records they're nice, but they don't really mean much. They don't really mean much at all. But on that note, like, what are you guys going to do? I mean, you know, Ed Fracken's coming back from uh, from his uh, his Smokies tournament. You now have the emergence of Collis Span as a pitcher. I mean, is Ed going to be okay sitting the sidelines? I mean, what are you going to do? Just DH him? I mean, what, well, how, how you play that used, up? He's used to that because he does <laughs> DH on these tournament teams. So yeah, right. I think he's okay with just coming off the bench. <laughs> Um, he might have to stretch his legs a bit, see if he can play first base. Um, you know, he says he can play second, but I haven't seen it in several years. Uh, listen, it's a tough decision for a captain to make when somebody just emerges and really shows you that they can do the job, you know, better than somebody else. I mean, until you hit a side and blast this weekend, I was thinking maybe he could bat for you, but, uh, you know, you seem to be back now. <laughs> oh, I would love anybody to bat for me, please. <laughs> Talk to me about your team, Frank. Uh, you're eight and two. Um, many people would suggest that you are top of the Marlboro softball power rankings. I'll wait for Mitch Pollock to update those. Uh, something tells me he's going to have his Pollock team maybe right there with you at the top. Uh, they have won a, a lot of games uh, since losing the first couple of the season. But you guys have won six straight, eight and two. What's starting to come together now for you guys? Listen, you know, first of all, these power rankings, they're, they're you know, they're, they don't really mean much. I mean, actually, they don't mean anything, you know. And, and you know, you look at my division, we're, we, we have two losses and we have two losses, one's to Conti's team and one's to Pingaro's team. And the Conti game was close, uh, but Pingaro's team thrashed us. So we're not better than anybody. You know, right now we're a team that's in the middle of the road, trying to put some wins together, trying to feel ourselves out. Uh, the guy, look, the guys came together. They played as a team. Uh, we, they're pretty good defensively. You know, they don't make the extra throws. I mean, we have a good blend here. You know, I got – Two young studs that that you know are, are you know can be unbridled at times, but when you have the Carlins and Jay Z, you know, it almost kind of makes my job easy. You know, you got veteran guys that have been in this league for thirty years that kind of give these kids, you know, the lessons on the difference between Marlboro softball and baseball, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's starting to pay off, uh, starting to pay off. So yeah, I think we're a pretty competitive team, but you know we've been behind in games and. And uh, and come through when we've lost games. So uh, you know we're just hoping to stay healthy, move forward, and, and you know hopefully get on a run at the right time. Most impressive thing to me about your team is 69 runs against. Not because that's a funny number, 
but because Ron Carlin has emerged as one of the top pitchers in this league. I told you before the draft that you were going to have to take them earlier because Ronnie was on my list and I was going to grab him. Uh, I I think, I mean, listen, what are you going to do next year when you're a pitcher and he's a captain? Because you're going to (laughs) be on two separate teams for the first time in a while. But I'm telling you right now, your pitching is one of the reasons why you are where you are. And I think Ronnie deserves a ton of credit for developing his game over the past couple of years. You know, I, I look, there's two things on that point. Number one, you know, I, I thought the secret was out like two years ago, <laughs> but, you know, it kind of dripped that. The secret's now out. I mean, mm-hmm. you, 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 you watch Ron pitch. He's cool as a cucumber. He feels his position. He's a very good hitter, and um, he doesn't walk guys. I mean, you know, I'm spoiled. Like, he walked three guys on Sunday, you know, kind of early in the Lapine game. He walked the first batter to set up uh, Tommy Carroll, right? And, you know, I'm sitting there <laughs> aggravated, right? But it's like, you know, I think he's having a problem losing the plate when he walks one guy because I'm just not used to seeing the guy walk anybody. Um, and, you know, he's definitely a top pitcher in the league. You know, you put him up there with, you know, Clamp, Polzer, AJ, who's emerged as a very, mm-hmm. very good pitcher. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, he's right up there with the top guys. I mean, you know, and there's a bunch of guys that are in that group. But Ronnie, I think, is 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 one of the top three guys as a pitcher. And how he's not drafted in the third round was, uh, was you know, even this year, Mark was rated a six. He was a bargain. Someone could have grabbed him at three, and nobody did. So, you know, the dummies for them, I think. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I'm thankful. Well, listen, you're lucky that I drafted Ed because if Ed didn't fall to me uh, in the first round, uh, and then the Carlins would have been my first pick of the fourth round. So, and you wouldn't have gotten them. So there you go. No, I so. look, I understand that. And, um, you know, obviously it's the number one pick. So the number one picks, you know, kind of, you kind of get some news on who might pick who, where, yep, yep. and, uh, if, if you weren't, if you weren't picking Ed, the pressure would have been on for me to pick. Ed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I might've ended up with Ed and you might end up with the Carlins, but you know, going through the draft, it was better for both of us to do it the other way around. Yes. Uh, let's get into this week's schedule. Give me your thoughts on some of these games. We'll start with Wednesday night. Lombardi taking on Drashinsky. And, and again, throw the records out because this Drashinsky team can certainly play. And uh, we've seen Lombardi drop a couple now out of division, as you mentioned. So who do who takes this one on Union Hill left? Listen, Drashinsky's team is, is an enigma to me. I, I thought they had a pretty good draft. Um, the, the, the priest pick is very good. Uh, Tracy's very good. Drzezinski's very good. Like they, they, they got people at the top of their order that could score, but they're scoring 6.5 runs a game. Like, so they, that team has to come together and start scoring. Unfortunately, you know, playing the Blackburns on Union Hill is with Jim, who is an excellent pitcher. Uh, he's one of the most, advanced pitchers in the league. He's come so far since he started pitching. Um, He's not going to walk people. He places the ball inside, outside, front, back. It's going to be a really hard time to try to win that game. So I'm going, I go Lombardi. Uh, And the other game is Goddard against Harris. Uh, A Harris team who I think a lot of people would think uh, should be better than what their record is right now, even though they're they're still five and four, but uh, a a lot of hype for that team. I, my feeling on the Harris team from the beginning was it's great to get these guys. They, they're household names in Marlboro softball. 
Um, but to be honest with you, that team is not winning as many games as it's won without Wags. That guy, I don't even – I mean, I saw his tryout on video. I thought it was pretty good. The guy's a, a hitting phenom. Uh, so, yep. you know, he's like their MVP. And, uh, you know, so – but so this, this is a good game. I think that this is a tight matchup. It's, it's uh, too close to call. Yeah, Goddard's getting some real good performances out of, you know, Sandigate and Tim George. They've been yep. really playing well this year. So yep. uh, that if that team comes all together, you know, they could be dangerous as, as the yeah. season winds dangerous down. lineup, man. You look at that yep. lineup right down the line, especially on Union Hill. Sandigate, George, uh, you know, and Leonardi could, you know, sneeze and knock the ball over the fence. Sandigate <laughs> weighs like 105 pounds, but it's the ball, you know, a mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Sunday. Uh I take it's the battle of the Bergs, Seidenberg against Steinberg at the swim club. Um, hopefully back to full strength for my team with uh, Ed back from Tennessee. So how do yep. you think this one plays out? You know, I, I, I played Steinberg. I, I know they had some struggles recently. I actually watched their, most of their game against, uh, against Pingaro's team. They're, good they're win. coming together. That's a good, that's a good win for them. Yeah. Very good win. Very healthy win for them. And, and most importantly, you know, Evan, Evan is figuring out what he needs to do differently this year to get his team to perform defensively. He's been moving things around, filling things out. Evan's a veteran in this league. He knows that the first six, seven, eight, nine games, they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's putting something together. That's a, that's a, that's a good game. That said, um, you know, with Ed back, with pole guy in place, you know, with the emergence of your ace relief pitcher, Collis, I think that, uh, <laughs> I think you guys pulled this one out. The emergence uh, is Justin Krause. Let me tell you, if you're going to sing yeah, the praises I've of anybody on play. my team, yeah. it's got to be my number nine pick. You mentioned Wags being, you know, an unsung hero at, at a seventh round pick. My ninth pick right now is batting almost 600 and having Listen, a ridiculous I, season. I watched a couple of your guys' games, you know, and, and a couple of years back, I, I nicknamed uh, Justin Waldo because you'd look for him. You're like, where's Waldo? You try to hit the ball to him. <laughs> The kid's always had lightning speed. He's got a very good arm. He's now making the plays, and he always could hit, you know, and now he's putting that all together as well. Uh, He's a a very, very strong candidate for most improved. He hit an inside-the-park home run on Sunday at Union Hill Road that was probably a generous double for most. Uh, yeah. um, I, I, he was on second when the outfielder had the ball. It was unbelievable that his speed is just – you know, the college tr- uh, don't listen right now. He might be the fastest guy in the league. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, we'll, we'll see. All right, all right, college, you can turn your, uh, your, your, your headphones back up now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we just talked about the Goddard team because they're playing on Wednesday night. They play Lapine on Sunday, that game at East Francis. Who do you like there? Right. Um, listen, uh, Tommy had a rough one th- this weekend. You know, we were playing his team in Morel. Uh, no home runs hit at Morrell, but despite Sa- Saglietto, Santa Ramita, Carroll, Becker, you just mm. play a mile back and you wait, you know. Yep. Uh, Tommy hit a ball, Oppo, that was like a five miles five miles deep, it, it, but it, he's held to a single, right? That's not happening in the outfield at East Francis. That, that, that uh, warehouse is in trouble. They put a reinforced their, their roof. That's a tough team uh, uh, offensively. I, I'm going to give the edge there to uh, – uh, There's only one thing that could hurt Tom Carroll and East Francis, and that's if uh, the umpire decides to cut the field by 20 feet and oh, not it. use the foul pole uh, <laughs> as the foul line and instead decides to use the tree as the foul pole, cutting legitimately 20 feet off of 
yes. the left, the right field line. So that yeah, literally has that. to be addressed. He's doing that. It's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at Manel, but number two, Drashinsky against Glenn Marone. Uh, listen, Drashinsky might win this game, but they're not getting any earned runs. Listen to me. I, 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 I think everybody's come to realize, including Glenn himself, that, you know, he probably, he's got to give it up now. I mean, he's too old. He's like 400 years old. Uh, he couldn't, I think he was pitching to second base during the tournament. He took himself out of the game. Um, no, but all seriousness, um, this is Manalpin two. It's not Manalpin five. And uh, I think Caputo's going to wake up hungry on mm-hmm. Sunday morning and, and, and have a day. Uh, I'm going to give that one to, uh, to the old man Marone. So what you're saying is anybody playing beach volleyball, if you're familiar with the Manalpin rec, should be on the lookout. <laughs> for the, the ball's right. flying over the fence there. That's right. <laughs> uh, at the middle school, Kessler takes on Harris. Uh, Kessler team, and and I watched them firsthand on Sunday, having played against them. Um, that was uncharacteristic of them, the way that they played against uh, against my team. They are a very sound group. I like that team uh, probably more than, you know, they're getting a lot of, they're getting credit for. They are a very good team. Yeah, I mean, look, this is another one where you got, I, I think Ben is trying to figure things out. I think he's now passed the torch over to Andy as the, as the pitcher uh, uh, for good uh, for the year. It's unfortunate. I think Ben should have stuck it out a little bit longer. But I think he's, you know, realizing that being a captain of a team and then trying to pitch and then trying to sub guys in, it, it's just mm-hmm. a lot to do year one. Um, so, you know, the, the team's a little bit, you know, by, they'll score a thousand runs or they, they won't score. They got some tremendous guys on that team. I mean, this is going to be a, 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 a tough game. I think that this game, this game goes to, uh, to, to Kessler. All right. What could be the game of the day? Wallman against Lombardi at Morell, the great equalizer, as you would suggest. Yeah, Morell is the equalizer. I mean, I think that you really you have to earn your victories there. You got to play smart ball. You got two smart teams. That outfield is going to be difficult to get hits on. Uh, I mean, Martin Blackburn can track the, the ball. They could maybe play. I mean, they could. They could. You can't play. You can't play five man. It's too big of a field. But Martin's a, is a weapon out there, and and you know, Wallman. They got some of the smartest softball players in the league on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, tough to call, but I, I think I give this one to Wallman. All right. You take on uh cowboy as much as I love cowboy Mike and the players on that team, my former teammates for several years. I'm going to go with you guys in that matchup. Uh, the game is at municipal. That's a field that you actually like for some reason. Um, and I think that it probably plays to your strength, uh, your defense, um, you know, your outfield defense, especially, I think can take advantage of some things, uh, you know, steal some hits and limit the extra base hits. So I'm going to give you guys the victory over Cowboy Mike, okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, all I care about is I'm going to be out this week. I hurt my shoulder. I'm not going to get to rip a ball off a of Cowboy Mike's nutsack. But other than that, we'll have fun. Hey, there's no better 3-1 pitcher in the league than Mike Ferris, okay? <laughs> <laughs> It's because he always gets the three and one on the batter. Uh, right. <laughs> let me go he's, to you. he's not comfortable. <laughs> he's not comfortable unless it's three one. Uh, Goldfarb against Demarco at Union Hill left. Need I say more? It's Demarco on Union Hill, Frank. Yeah. Well, listen, Anthony is uh, is I don't know if you know, but he's very very banged up. Um, that said, the guy doesn't quit, man. There's no stopping him. This is a tough game for Goldfarb, especially at Union Hill. 
Um, you know, quietly, you know, DeMarco's team kind of faded a little bit. They started out hot. And, and if you look at the stats and you, you see what's going on here, two things happen. DeMarco's back in the outfield where he belongs. Yep. And, and Mark Broom is now batting over 550. Mm. And, and that's the Mark Broom people, you know, need to see. And, and with Broomy batting like that, Andrew kicking in, Sailor with his cannon, DeMarco with his cannon, Woody, who I don't know how I let him go to the four. I should have, should have drafted him. But, you know, that's a, that's a tough team. It's going to be a tough matchup for Goldfarb. Yep. Uh, Pollock against Conti on Union Hill right. This is a very interesting game. I kind of wish this was the 11 a.m. game so we can check it out after, you know, our game's end. But this is a very, very interesting game. Pollock has been riding a hot streak right now. Their defense has been playing great. Matt's been pitching great. We talk about Ronnie. You know, uh, you know, Matt's been pitching incredible. Look at their runs against. And Conti, that team is just really good. And you know he's dangerous on Union Hill. So I say flip a coin in this one. Listen, you look at Matt Pollock. He's a tall guy. He's got a looping uh, 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 mannerism in the way he throws the ball. The guy throws strikes, and uh, he doesn't walk many guys. And you know what? He was Ronnie's roommate years ago before they before they became real men. So maybe they shared some Wheaties or something together. But that team defensively <laughs> is really is really what's special. I mean, it's it, you know the left side of the infield is basically just locked down. Yep. I mean, it, and nobody's getting anything through. Not not even you, dude. It's like it's almost impossible to get the ball through uh, on that left side with 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 Martino and Valentino there. Uh, big big chemistry, and and that's what Pollock produced. He produces chemistry. On the other side of that coin, you know, Mike Conti went into that draft with a mission. He wanted to get a group of guys that played a certain way. And when you talk about Mike Conti before this year, you don't think of chemistry. Right? The only chemistry Mike Conti provides is being the bumps and burner, yelling and screaming on the sidelines like a lunatic. But this guy put together a team. They play well together. They pick each other up. He uses his sarcasm and humor to get these guys motivated. I mean, if I had to pick a number one team overall, and I've said this, you know, I'm not just saying this tonight. I think that's the top team in the league right now. That their speed, their hitting, their defense, and they've proven it. Most runs, you know, very low runs against. It's a very, very good team. Uh, I think that this. I don't think it's going to be close. To be honest with you, I think Conti's going to win big. And the final game, it is 11 a.m. It's Ping against Polzer. Uh, Pingaro looking to bounce back from that loss to Steinberg on uh, Sunday. This is the interesting game for me. I mean, you know, if you look at at, at a game that you want to see, this is the one I want to see. I'm glad it's at 11 o'clock. There's a lot of history. You know, Pingaro, good friends with Murphy, good friends with Polzer, drafted Pastor. You know, the Tyrannos are on on the Pingaro team. This is a, a, team, a game where there could be a lot of home runs. Um, Polzer's really, really good at Union Hill. That team is really good at Union Hill. And Pingaro should be really good at Union Hill. I think they're going to come up, they're going to all come out pretty fired up. Uh, this is going to be a close one. It's, uh, it's too close to call for me. Well, it's certainly going to be fun. Uh, Frank, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it is Father's Day on Sunday, so happy Father's Day to you and to everybody out there that is a father. Happy not a Father's Day to the rest of us, um, you know, at least what we know about right now. And <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I'll see you out at the field on uh, Wednesday night then. And if you guys find out you have a child that you're not sure about, www.divorcelawnj.com. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Later.
And that's a good spot to leave off. <laughs> for Frank LaRocca, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Marlboro Softball Talk.